Hello, and welcome to Final Show Films. I'm the executive producer here, John Bates, uh, and I've got a few pre-show notes for you. First of all, I'd like to thank our $25 tier supporters, Antitonic, Cat Waterflame, Samantha Bates, and Maureen Monty, without whom we wouldn't be able to do much, uh, especially not all the content that we put forward now. I also want to thank all the people that have joined on with us since the, I would say, successful uh, experiment that was Midsummer Night's Dream. If you're interested in that, go check out our YouTube channel, where youtube.com slash Sinstaku, where we performed the world's first, as far as we're aware, live stream production of a community theater uh, performance of a Midsummer Night's Dream. That sounds like a lot of qualifiers. It's more just because that's the way I talk. Please go enjoy them, give us feedback, let us know if you'd like to see more of that in the future. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms. You can also follow us on Twitter at Final Show Films or follow me personally at John A. Bates for all future updates and live notifications for our live stream. In the meantime, sit back, relax, enjoy. And we're live. Hello, everybody. Hey, everyone. I am welcome. I am welcome. Uh, I am welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. Welcome into my house. Uh, welcome to this Warcraft RPG campaign, Storm, Earth, and Fire. And grass. <laughs> and the goblin explodes. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. going to happen sooner or later. Hey. Once all the goblin dies. I am the dungeon master for this Warcraft RPG campaign, William, and welcome. Um, welcome back to episode <laughs> 16. Do we do a shot every time you say welcome? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be you'll be passed out by the time we're done. Um, Two of us can't drink. Yeah, you'll be very passed out. That's <laughs> how oh, you do your shots. <laughs> Alright, this gun doesn't work. No. Uh, joining me today, we have Holly. Hi, I'm Holly. I'm playing. I've got this. That character. She, no, no, I, I've got this. Shiana Flame Carver. She's an orc rogue. And Austin. Hi, I'm Austin, and I'm playing a troll troll hunter beastmaster with Snack Friend. <laughs> the name is Jangatal Wildwalker. Who has a snake? He has a. I have snake friend. <laughs> snake. 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 And uh, Stan. Hi, I'm Stan, playing a goblin tinker that Shiana doesn't like. <laughs> what is his name? What is his name? <laughs> That's I go, his name. I go by Josh. <laughs> and Zachary. I'm Zach, and I'm playing Leaf Ironmender, a half-human tinker priest of the Holy Light. And Rudy? Hey, I'm Rudy. I'm playing Brick, the, uh, uh, uh Brick Earth Whisperer, the, uh, Tauren Runemaster. And we do not have John today because, <laughs> well, newborn children. Babies. They have <laughs> Babies. They pop out sometimes. sometimes. Sometimes children happen, and when they do, it becomes... A dramatic event. Life changing event. <laughs> it slightly out prioritizes playing D and D on the weekend. Just barely. Evidently. Just barely. Just just this was. 
Um, hey, when I go into labor, we're going to bring the cameras in the room. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, last time you were in the hospital with a baby, we did play in the hospital yes, room. Yes, we did. Multiple times. Yeah. We just didn't have the cameras. <laughs> but, when last we left off, this group of conscripted horde military members, uh, the group of them had been signed on with the task force of one war chief of the horde, Garrosh Hellscreen. After a successful rout of alliance forces at Fort Triumph, uh, the group had been signed on to a new war party to follow the war chief north to Stone Talon to deal with the Grim Totem tribe that has been, from what the group has gathered, a long-standing thorn in the side of not only the Tauran people of Mulgore, but recently the war chief himself. Uh, and having gathered what information they could to make their own value judgments on the, the nature of this march, uh, the group has just arrived in the town of Crossroads as evening is settling, uh, which will grant the group the evening and the morning to procure any supplies they might need for the road using their own pay. While the army is taking a moment to rest, gather any extra rations they might need for the for the remainder of the journey, and prepare for the coming march. So, what are any of you doing that wish to do something? Are we staying overnight? Essentially, we're just staying okay. essentially overnight and a little bit into the morning. Okay. I'm going to go try to find the uh, see if there's a thieves guild. Crossroads is a relatively small outpost. Oh, it is? Okay, so they don't um, really have a lot of... You're going to see if there's a sketchy dude, right? Like, Yeah, there wouldn't be a guild so much as <clears throat> a thief. I see. <laughs> what are you looking for? So just, for? uh... Um, hmm. Oh, boy. Seeing if there's anybody... who might be interested in buying a, uh... Uh, uh, well, um, if I could build something with somebody like uh, the, the armband that I have that uh, grabs stuff, see if they'd be interested in uh, in something like that to commission me to, to make something for them. You're using your technical prowess to make make a buck at, on the side. Or unethical yes. Ethical porpoises. Porpoises. Yeah. Dolphin por- thieves? Yes. Yes, dolphin thieves. I'm not surprised. But this far inland? It's impressive. Their their influence spreads further than we realized. Hmm. Well, there's also legitimate reasons one could need something that would extend one's reach. Yeah, that's true. I mean, picking up things, you know, just, um, just go, generally... Go ahead and roll me a diplomacy check. Diplom. It's right here somewhere. Fourteen. Fourteen? I'm gonna need dice at some point. I, know. I left my dice at home. Oh, you are. <laughs> we have a box. Oh, here's uh, the. Yeah, there's a bag and there's a box here. Bag right here. It works. Look at that large box of dice. I like how there's a dice tray everywhere but at the DMC. Yeah, I haven't finished that part yet. <laughs> uh huh, that's your cover up. Here, borrow this. It's because he doesn't care for you, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Alliance Blue. <laughs> I like blue. That's from my dice tower. I can still be horrid and like blue. You can. You absolutely can. <laughs> Did they already see the new table? Have they seen it before? Saying? I'm, I'm saying uh, have the viewers already oh, seen the tabletop? Oh, no, the viewers, have, the viewers have not seen this tabletop. I'm sure the I don't want to move the cameras, though, so... Yeah. Basically, le- more people, less table, is what you, were, you're hopefully seeing right now. Generally. Yeah. That is, that is the general idea. But... Alright. Um, so what'd you get? I got a 14. 14? Um... So you sort of ask around, mm-hmm. um, and the sort of unlikeliest of people who might want to um, purchase such an item from you, the innkeeper, actually, okay. uh, a tauren, uh by the name of Borand Plainswind, uh, oh. is, is when you sort of demonstrate and start showing off this device to various peoples around uh, the the torrent in, innkeeper sort of speaks up. One of those would be quite useful for retrieving drinks that have been left lying around while performing other duties. And, generally speaking, would help with reaching places that are difficult within this inn. Mm-hmm. If you'd be willing to sell one of your creations. Okay. I'll need a few hours to put one together. I'll uh, take measurements to have it fit his arm and everything. And it's a big arm, so... (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's about as tall as I am. (laughs) Why does a Tora need a device to reach the cookie jar on the top shelf? Because... The top shelf it needs to reach is the roof. (laughs) Why is there a cookie jar on the roof? (laughs) Because someone put it there to keep it away from the torrent, duh. You're storing cookies in very strange places. What makes you think mm-hmm. it's a cookie jar? Would you look for a cookie jar on the roof? <laughs> there you go. Well, no, but like if you're like walking down the street and you look up, won't you notice like a cookie jar on the roof? Yes, but you can't reach it. Yeah. There you yeah, go. but I then mean, I would scale the building. I mean, it's, it's better than a pizza on the roof. <laughs> I would totally scale a building for pizza. <sighs> Two people got that reference. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that is, but I would scale a building for a pizza. It's a, it's a Breaking Bad reference. That's literally the all I know is that it's from Breaking Bad. I have no context for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I was in high same, sh- but you know, when I was in high school, Breaking Bad was like the, the stuff. I don't know what that is. It was. I, f- I forget how young you are sometimes that this was high school for you. Like, Breaking Bad is not that old of a show. It had just come out when I was, like, yeah. senior year. It's, like, 10 years, 10, 11 years old. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I could be like, entirely oh, wrong. Oh, that show, I know what you're talking about. It's about the chemist who makes crystal meth. Y- yes, yes, I know what you're talking about now. I th- don't think it came out when we were in high school, though. It came out in 2008, so 10 years. Oh, no. Oh, no, it came out my senior year. <laughs> it's when we're graduating, so, yeah. Huzzah! Uh, back to the uh, anyway, crystal methodology. <laughs> more, more important realities. But anyway. Crystal meth in a cookie jar on the roof? 
go ahead. Uh, go ahead and roll me a. a so it's an still unethical roll. porpoises. Go ahead and roll me an engineering roll. Engineering. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't. I, 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 I don't think I'm gonna. Not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Plenty. You make it. Thirty-six or something. <laughs> like how, how much? How much gold does it cost to make? Uh, 55. You make it in like an hour. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so. Okay. Cool. Matter of fact, you work at a speed of what, like 350 gold a day? Yeah. Divide so. that by eight hours. You make it in a little over an hour. I mean, right. that's the cost, though. The cost is 55 gold. The actual market value would be three times that. So No, two times that. Twice. Two times that. Just twice. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm we're, we're working with slightly smaller okay. measurements for tech devices specifically. Because of stuff. You're using magic item rolls, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Because tech devices are magical. Okay. A bit more literally in Good. some people's cases, but yeah. <laughs> So you almost decide. I make that. He will turn it over he to will, him. And he will let him play around with it a little bit. Uh, what price are you going to ask for? Uh, two twenty. Roll me a. There's not really a bargaining skill check. The other appraise uh, or diplomacy, I guess. Appraise. Or, or maybe diplomacy versus his appraise. Yeah, it'd be diplomacy versus the diplomacy appraise again. Okay. Or bluff if you're saying two hundred and twenty. Yeah, it might be bluff. <laughs> yeah, it'd be bluff. It'd be bluff. <laughs> okay. You literally doubled the price of the thing. The actual market value. Okay. Uh, 6, 12, 13. Uh, 23. He's, he's used to haggling with goblins, sort of the, the, the merchants that come through. Uh-huh. Uh, and you, you go back and forth for a few minutes, and you, you eventually settle on a price of... Uh, a hundred a hundred and forty. Take it or leave it. Okay, from it's a net profit of eighty five gold. Fifty five. Yeah. Okay, that's good. We'll do that because I already made it. Eighty <coughs> five. That's fine. Right. That gives me a little bit more to play with. And he sort of takes the takes the bracer, t- tests it out a little bit. If he rolls a one, you better be ready to run. Nope. No. Reaches <laughs> over. Grabs one of the mugs of ale. Perfect. <clears throat> okay. I would say the because whether or not I decide to roll randomly or assign a malfunction is sort of up to the device. I would say the actual the malfunction for that device in particular is pieces everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. It just kind of <laughs> the hand goes out. Well, it just because of the springs. Stop. Yeah, uh, there's three springs in it. Yeah, and, and so, uh, so they would just it, it, it if, just, if it malfunctions, like a, if it malfunctions, it just scatters it's just, everywhere. The, 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 yeah, springs go all over the place. Yeah, not really much way for it to explode. Yeah, it really doesn't even have phlogiston in it. It's mechanical. Yeah, it's Warcraft mechanical. <clears throat> I mean, it's a vaguely realistic, possibly able to actually be built device, so... Just not possibly able to be condensed to such a small size. Or just be made so precise, mostly. Yeah. I mean, you could make something similar, it just wouldn't be nearly as precise. A certain degree of impossible science is is a tinker's stock and trade. Literally, quote for quote, from the the core rules. (laughs) (laughs) But, anyone else... 
Uh, we've been here before, right? Yeah, you've been to Crossroads once before. This is where you met up again with, um, where you actually caught up with um, Garrett last time. After his After time. he got swept away by a tidal wave. Oh, yeah. as we're coming into town, my, my, my Snek, who started this journey about six inches long, has somehow over the course of the day become about a foot and a half long. Yep. That means he's important now. <laughs> he gets a, he gets a personalized portrait. And he talks. He talks? <laughs> no, it just comes up as hiss, and he's still got a personalized portrait just for his hissing. It's just the the, the like the, the portrait comes up in the conversation dialogue, and it's just um, like uh, less than hiss, greater than. <laughs> And you don't even have a conversation portrait because you don't have conversation. Yeah, no, so. I, the troll doesn't have a conversation portrait. Snack friend does. <laughs> well, no, you do. It's just never used. <laughs> the, the, the troll has the player it's, character conversation portrait where it's just a silhouette. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's stock footage in some like graphic image file. It's just never referenced in the the, the coding. <laughs> image not found. All right. Um, Yeah, there's nothing super exciting in this town, is there? So, I, uh... We're gonna go on a... Are you gonna go look for winged serpents? I'm probably actually gonna go restock and I go hunting around on the borders. Probably survival. Anyone else have anything that they're intending to do over the course of the evening? I want to get some more information about the general attitude towards this little campaign that we're going on. Uh, who are you looking among, and who are you asking? Just, um, given the probably not too tremendous amount of time, um, I imagine the in where, where are we staying? Uh, most of them are setting up tents or sleeping arrangements just around the vicinity of. Um, of crossroads, but you are welcome to purchase a room at the inn. Well, a room, a bunk at the inn if you want. The inn is one large room, but asking around the inn seems like the fastest way to get a good, diverse idea. Are you looking for soldiers? Are you looking for civilians? Um, innkeeper. See who knows what. I kind of want to just get a general feel for like what the various sides. Think so. Probably sense motive. Ideally, a little bit of everything, but uh, fifteen. Fifteen. It's a little hard to gauge. There's a lot of commotion that's just kind of moving around Crossroads right now, and it's sort of this. The army is here. Crossroads is a small. It's a. It's an outpost. It is literally a crossroad town. It is the small town at the crossroads between everywhere in Kalimdor. Basically, you can go north into Ashenvale. You can go west into Mulgor. You can go north to Stone Town, east to Duratar, south to the Southern Barrens. It's sort of the stopping point between so many different places. So it's not really a big place. It's just a place that gets a lot of traffic. Um, and so the presence of the army here has sort of stirred up a lot of people. There's a lot of gossip going around. There's a lot of 
idle chatter that's sort of happening. Um, based on what you are gathering from the people around, most um, of the civilians in the area have no idea what this army is marching for. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are rumors going about that it might be, you know, heading north to finally take the fight to the elves of Ashenvale, who have been keeping us from getting lumber for so long, um, and, and sort of forcing our lumber trade to become grind to grind to a halt, basically, because the, the elves, the night elves of Ashenvale, refuse to let the orcs log anything. Makes sense. And so anytime they try and get any lumber from Ashenvale, there's elvish attacks on any camp they set up to log. Um, and the elves all and trade, even during even during peacetime, trade was a constant back and forth argument. And now that there's actual like fighting breaking out, it's just ground to a halt. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there's there's rumors that the army might be marching north to take some land in Ashenvale to really let the horde get some lumber um, that isn't just the scarce trees that grow across the barrens or in Mulvor. Um, there's rumors going about that um, the Alliance has attacked something important uh, further north, like the, the horde base of operations in Stone Talon, or perhaps even to um, Mulvor, because it is just due west, and you haven't left north um, the, the civilians are just uncertain of what's going on. The soldiers um, are keeping sort of tight-lipped about it because there, there's the there's the notion that this is a mission for the for the protection of the horde and the honor of the horde and the business of the military as a whole. And so it's sort of the there's there's a lot of the Grim Totems are sneaky and cunning and we can't let them find out what we're up to kind of feel among the soldiers. They're sort of trying to not say too much for fear of who might overhear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a very tense situation and not necessarily in a sort of not in a really like boiling point kind of tension. It's just there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of questions and a lot of rumors that are getting no answers from anyone in the military. (laughs) Which is, you know, creates this interesting question of why can you not tell me what's going on, which creates a little bit of suspicion, but it's generally answered for the reasons of the security of the Horde, and that either quiets someone down or gets them wondering even more. Um, but that's generally what you're picking out just by listening around. Unless you want to talk to someone specific. While he's thinking on that, anyone else have anything they wanted to do? Uh, I rolled my survival checks for me and my snake. Mm-hmm. So I rolled a three, so I got a seventeen. <laughs> and snack friend actually rolled a twenty. <laughs> a natural twenty to. to, to it works well without hands. It's impressive. 
he just takes the die in his in his mouth and just throws it. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the snake takes down over the course of the evening a couple <laughs> of large like rabbits and other like small game animals. Um, <laughs> Which it's now large enough to eat for some strange reason. Um, and you manage to find a couple of. Um, I'll see you find a giraffe. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> like not not much in the way of like plenty of game, but one large animal. You find a giraffe. Don't kill the giraffe. They feed about 50 people. Don't kill the giraffe. <laughs> I'll get him, Holly. The troll, the troll, eats, eats, the troll eats people. <laughs> you didn't have this kind of protest when he was going to, you know, eat fallen soldiers. Yeah, I don't care about them. Don't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe you teach the giraffe to let you ride it? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Roll for <laughs> It would be a. Um... No, I seriously don't think Shiana would do that. No, Shiana would be here. Yeah, no, and especially not in the 72 percentile. You're not going to be eating the giraffe. <laughs> no, the troll is going to be eating the giraffe okay. for a while. It's also not like it's not like um, like African like massive. 20 feet, or I don't know how tall a giraffe actually is, but it's more like 16, 18 feet. Oh, I was right. You were, you were yeah. pretty darn close. Yeah. 20 feet tall would be a pretty tall one, but a, a newborn giraffe is my height. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's 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 a it's a sort of it's like he, a particularly large. Very long-necked Clydesdale in size. Oh, it's like those proto giraffes. Kind of. Yeah. <clears throat> it still has That's like. That's not cute at all. It still has like the proportions of. It still has like the proportions of a giraffe. If but it's, it's not cute. Kill it. But it's to the scale of like one and a half Clydesdales in size. Yeah. Okay. So it's still got the like in, ir, 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 irrationally long neck for for hitting the savanna trees. But it's so that's why the bowling works. Not, <laughs> all right, it's not like twenty feet tall. I got, I've got some jerky for a while though. That's what yeah. you're saying. And some, some skin. Definitely, but I'm gonna skin it and you have, it back. you have, you have weird, spotted brown and tan skin. All right, I do that. Uh, come back late at night to camp and. Uh, Snake friend instead of being wrapped around my arm is like wrapped around my torso and is three feet long now. Yeah. <laughs> Getting bigger. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Brick, did you have anything you were looking to do? And Shiana. Is there like a rogue? Like a town rogue? <laughs> the town rogue. <laughs> I don't know. The town thief. <laughs> I don't know what to look for. Actually, no, I don't think it would be rogue. Um, you don't look for the billboard that says, Hi, I'm the town thief. <laughs> but if no. there is one, then well, it's probably the town guard. Just go to look at the uh, I'm trying the to think of posters. what I need. Um, what are you looking for? I'm trying to see if there's any way I could find someone that could get a message to the time before we get there. To the Grim Totem? 
Yes. You can certainly try. I know it's a long shot, but I figured I would try. You're gonna Since she's such a good communicator. Yes, precisely. You know... <laughs> I think this is the first time that your character and my character are kind of thinking the same thing, and that mm-hmm. terrifies me. <laughs> She's not a horrible person. Because... She just has a bad attitude. <laughs> because what I was thinking of doing as well was, when I... Because with those rumors that are going around, I'm not going to give specific answers about anything, but I'll definitely sort of move on this feeling of discontent that specifically you know we shouldn't be infighting with each other when there are larger issues this is going to be brilliant (laughs) we're going to (laughs) die hey I'm not saying anything specific I'm Roll me a gather information if you feel like. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, her personality really comes across. Yeah, yeah, 14. Ga- gather info is charisma based. It's not yeah. horrible. 14. So, as you're looking around trying to figure out if there's anyone who can run a letter, um, you find a couple of people, but as soon as you say to the Grim Totems, they're just like, no. No, can't go that way. But you, but you, but you notice that sort of watching you over the court, like over the course of your search. You're really good at collecting stalkers. <laughs> there is this. I'm well left. There's an orc um, who's always sort of like around the corner whenever you're looking around. Um, sort of dressed in this sort of black leather vest with this sort of cloth bandana wrapped around his lower jaw just to just to presumably keep the dust out of his face. Have I seen him before? Um, no. But he's got his he's got his hair sort of that dark purple that you see in a lot of orcs mm-hmm. uh, is sort of pulled up into a high top knot and sort of gathered up around the, from the rest of his head. And he's got these sort of like very thick, heavy black leather gloves and boots. Uh, with sort of like the one gold earring in the in the in the the top end of his left ear, um, and uh, it's just like a hand axe on his belt. This is just kind of keeping an eye on you. She's gonna approach him. As you walk up to him, <clears throat> he just kind of looks at you and doesn't say anything. Can I help you? I don't know. Can you? (laughs) Why are you watching me? Not every day someone's looking to get a message for the Grim Totem. Caplock's putting a good word for you. What are you looking to send? Which one is that? That was the guy who was at Razor Hill, wasn't it? Yep. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was him or the Ogomar guy. Okay. Trying to get a message to them. Warning. 
You want to warn them of this army coming? Yes. Why? So I'm trying to remember everything from last week. It was a bit of a narrative dump. Sorry. Also, pregnancy brain. <laughs> what? I'm trying to remember. What was it last week? It was... We thought that the um, the warlord was kind of doing it for like you were afraid that he was trying to cover up okay the fact that their chieftain may have helped poison his weapon also (laughs) that's it uh, okay it seems like the entire complaint is against their shaman who is now their chieftain rather than against the tor the the grim totem torn as a whole I believe that our warlord may not have noble reasons for doing this. <laughs> oh, you are naive. No one has noble reasons. <laughs> well, no, but I believe... He's trying to cover up something from his past. Are we all? Are you going to help me or not? Let me put it to you this way. Do you have any friends in the Grim Totem? No. No one does. I could get a message out for you. You'll be making your own job harder. They'll know you're coming. And they'll have time to prepare for you. They won't thank you. They'll kill you. But if you want me to send the message, I can. Let me talk with someone in my group first. Sure. You know where to find me. Yeah, you'll be behind me. Always. You have a name? You can call me Dargad. Shiana. Giving real names, are we? I see no reason not to. You are new to this business. (laughs) She's going to go off and find out, Leaf. Woo! So, Leaf, while you're you're having idle conversation and just occasionally letting something slip every now and then, Shiona walks up to you. Very purposefully. Grabs him by the collar. I need to talk to you. Come on. Drags him off. Okay. To somewhere discreet. I don't expect anything subtle anyway, so you know what? She's not a subtlety rogue. <laughs> yeah, not particularly. Alright. So here's the deal. I found someone that can send a warning. To? To the Tarn. To the Grim Tarn, then. Yeah, them. Hmm. He says... It won't do us any good, though. And they'll just 
try to kill us anyway, and they won't thank us, and we'll just probably end up making our job harder. The question is how difficult the job needs to be before they decide that these forces are better spent elsewhere. Because, from what we can tell, this seems... Also, I want to look around, and where did you drag us? <laughs> I don't know, somewhere discreet. <clears throat> Back alley behind the inn. Okay. Just double-checking to make sure Rolling no one spot. else is there. Rolling spot? Okay. With your, absurd, with your absurd spot. With my absurd spot, yes. 22. He's got a pretty good self, but not that good. But he rolled that poorly. So you you sort of over Shiana's shoulder, you sort of see, just kind of leaning up against one of the back walls of the building adjacent, just looking like he's minding his own business, but definitely within eyeshot of the back alley of the of the tavern, which there's not a lot of reason to be. You're not cool! Um, is that sort of, that orc with this sort of black bandana across his lower jaw, black leather vest, earring in his left ear. A way to send a message. Does it happen to be via someone wearing a bandana? Purple hair? Yeah, my stalker over there. (laughs) Glad to know you know about him, too. Yes. I sort of shoot him a little bit of a glare. He doesn't respond to it. I didn't expect him to. He's too cool for that, I'm sure. He's a professional. (laughs) (laughs) professional at being edgy, I'm sure. So, I mean, that's kind of what orc rogues do. Kind of what rogues in general seem to do. No. No, me rogues are them. not edgy. No, okay. they're not. Until they are. Then they're very edgy. That's kind of like accidentally edgy. The problem that the war chief seems to have with the Grim Totem lies with their chieftain. All that needs to happen is making it so that an all-out war with them doesn't make sense anymore, so that isn't an option they can pursue. After that, it can be either diplomacy or, if need be, at the very least something that won't result in the thorough destruction of all of the Grimtown. I thought you were about to say assassination. That's exactly what I meant, yes. Just not in so many words. In so few words, I should it say. It seems assassination is just the only way there will be blood. It might be yours. So go, so go kill someone, sign that horse. So what I'm saying is it might be a way to prevent perhaps a more fair fight is the only way to avoid a complete slaughter. I don't know which way I lean on it specifically. Our army will kill them all either way. How large, how many Troops do we have? It would Three, four hundred. And the Grin Totem? Estimated size five, maybe six. And they're on the defensive. 
but you do know that half of this army is Corcron. Yeah, we're we're in the much more trained. We're a hand selected group yeah, of people. Yeah. There, admittedly, that's all the people, not all the soldiers. I'm sure. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's that's the population of Grim Totem Drive. Right. Yeah. Plus, we have bigger toys. Yeah, you have siege weapons. Torn, not known for their siege weapons. I mean, more known for being siege weapons, but still. Yes. I see room for potential profit myself. But you selling siege weapons to the enemy. But half half of the army that is coming is Corcron, which are orc marines. Yeah. So. Honestly, I think. I don't have a left arm. I think this guy, pointing to the dude being all cool and shady, I think he makes a point. It's only going to help them kill us, and... You'll either be drawn out and bloody or short and bloody. We could just end it faster. Also, I want that ring you were offering me before. I toss it over. She'll catch it. How do I get this on my finger? <laughs> oh, you can do that quite easily. No, you just put it on your mouth. Yeah. Nope. Oh, it, it works. Look, or you yeah, just, just like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a faint hum from the ring. It's beautiful. I'll phone mother at once. <laughs> you now have a plus one deflection bonus. I'll write mother at once. What? Also, roll me knowledge local, Shiana. The obvious thing that comes to mind, this army is composed primarily of orcs. The bigger the fight, the more excited the army will be. Putting a bigger threat in front of them will not make them turn around. Okay. I don't I don't think we should warn them. I don't think it's gonna help. You're right. This either needs to be prevented or outright or allowed to happen. So I would avoid it. Alright. At the very least, <clears throat> whatever the war chief may do or may have done in the past, he still at least deserves an amount of respect. And, well, I wouldn't quite be as... I wouldn't... <clears throat> I would really rather not betray him on suspicion. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll go tell before, my... Before you go to turn around to go talk to him, neither of you noticed him approach, but he just kind of lays an arm across both of your shoulders. Ah, there you are. So, something you might want to learn... Your conversations are too loud. Speak just above a whisper. Whispers carry too too far. They might not be able to tell what you're saying, but they can tell you're saying it. Two. Why don't you ask... No, you're, you're fresh out of the Valley of Trials. Your Torrin friend wouldn't know. How? Ask the innkeeper what happened in Mulgore after Karen's death. 
Do I know? Could I have a knowledge about this? Probably not. Okay. He takes his arms off and he turns and disappears around the corner. Looking at him, though, can I tell anything more about this guy? There's a faint... Uh, roll me a spot check. I can do that. 25? Uh, you catch two symbols on the inside of his vest, on sort of like reversible pockets, folds basically, that are designed to be sort of, if I need to show off this symbol, I can. The first is the symbol of the horn. <clears throat> Obvious one. The second one is the symbol of a crown that has been sundered in the middle with a dagger sort of in the middle of the loop of the crown. Knowledge? You can... I don't... Roll me history. You're going to roll a natural 20. Okay. You do know the whole thing about like blowing on the dice, right? Doing that. I have no idea what that's supposed to be, actually. It's, it's supposed to warm it up, which, uh, if the dice are made of a, a plastic, can make one side expand slightly. Yes. Okay. It creates a very minuscule difference in how they roll. It can also add humidity to make a side slide more. There's a variety of things it does. But you have to very you have to hold it in a very specific way to make it do anything. These are too yes, hard. but I wasn't doing it with actual intent of doing stuff. I was doing it for dramatic effect and I rolled a nine anyway. <laughs> you have no idea what that means. Cool. Fascinating. Something you, to remember. You have you have his message, his his suggestion. Shall we? <clears throat> Don't see why not. Heading back to the inn, I guess, to attempt to lead naturally in conversation into that question, but you know. Roll me gather information. Should I roll this as well? You can give him a plus two if you want to help. I'll give you a plus two. Plus two! See, she's being helpful. Eleven. I'm rolling really poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what happened to Mulgore after the death of Karen? Wait, what? I mean, hi. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a four, not a one. So, as you sort of, not necessarily the most subtly um, lean in, lead into that bit of conversation, he doesn't seem to notice too much at the very least, but he definitely sort of takes a sidelong glance. Ah, you're one of the younger ones you wouldn't have heard. I'd give him a slight nod at that. Well, after there was a certain gap in succession for a brief moment after the death of our former chieftain Cairn. The Grim Totem tribe took advantage and seized control of Thunder Bluff and a number of other major Torren settlements. Our current chieftain, Bane, the son of Cairn, 
There was an attempt on his life by several Grim Totem, including the Crone, Magatha. The, he only survived by the aid of a traitor to the Grim Totem, Jevin Grim Totem, known as Stormsong. Bane, once he consolidated the rest <laughs> of the Tauren, led an attack against the Grim Totem and retook Thunder Bluff. The surviving Grim Totem were given a choice. Swear loyalty to the Horde and be led by Stormsong, or be banished to Stone Talon with Magatha. Roughly a quarter of the Grim Totem agreed to serve the, to serve the Horde, and the remaining three quarters remain with the Crow. So, a bloody coup happened after Cairn's death. Led by Magatha, caused by the Grim Totem. I see. The, re- the remainder that have not sworn to the Horde in exile in Stone Town. And how long ago was this? This was... It's only been a span of some months, perhaps. I see. (laughs) And Valley of Trials for us was a couple... Three weeks at most. Okay. So that would have been while we were still sort of learning things and getting ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. You go away to boarding school for one year. (laughs) And suddenly global politics... Well, not global politics, but you know. National politics. Yeah. Although global politics aren't looking so hot either. (laughs) I think global politics are looking a little bit worse, actually. (laughs) Global politics sucks. Mainly because the rulers of the two nations can't sit in a room and talk to each other. No. No, they can't. The last time that happened, they literally drew weapons on each other. Hmm. So you have that information. Cool. So are we helping the... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) She's not doing that. Hmm. Ready for character crises. (laughs) The people that you wanted to help, because they might not be bad people, are actually bad people. (laughs) But, 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 but... But, but right. genocide. But, but I'm a pacifist. I mean, Kim is gonna go get rations. Get past pacifist. You can get some rations, market price. Okay. Which I really like two silver for a day. Alright. Something like that. Then she's gonna go to bed. She just walked away from you, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I, I didn't expect anything else, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I kind of thought, hey, awkward silence. You don't want to be in an awkward silence. You just kind of leave. 
and I walk away. <laughs> and increase the amount of awkwardness in the silence, which I'm sure was not fully unintentional either. As you as you stand as you sort of stand there puzzling for a minute. Yeah. Well, if you have any other questions. That'll be around and goes back to waiting on the tables and cleaning everything up, handing mm. handing out mugs when necessary. I see. Using that using a weird bracer that he's that he seems to have acquired <coughs> to sort of like grab a mug off of a table and then hand it over to the per- the hand it over to the patron. probably just head back to the camp or whatever area we were staying in then. Yep, there's, there's a variety of camps that have been set up among the different soldiers. Mm-hmm. Going back to that whole, like, listening for the spirits, sort of meditating mm-hmm. with the holy light, seeing how the spirits respond, that are sort of you, thing. Are you intending to stay anywhere in particular, or are you trying to stay away from other people? Um, what's the area like around here? Um, so there's the inside the walls of Crossroads, which is mostly where the civilians who live in Crossroads are at. Mm-hmm. And then there's sort of just campfires and tents that are just set up in sort of a ring around the outside of the city where most of the soldiers are sitting, having conversation, um, having food before heading to sleep, setting up guard watches, you know. But like the terrain itself, what's the? It's mostly plains. Mostly plains with, like a, some some hills. Especially after the wake of the cataclysm, there's been a little bit of sh- geography shift. But it's mostly plains, some sparse trees. Hmm. Probably at one of the hills, a little bit of elevation, more air, air spirits because those seem to be the ones that actually kind of pretend to pay attention to me. <laughs> Who knows, maybe I'll see more flying snakes. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day the troll will see a flying snake. I'm on my way back. Look for, look for flying snakes. <clears throat> Dad, burn it! Natural one. <laughs> you see nothing. Just just because I have to know. A flying, a flying snake flew past you and you didn't see it. <laughs> Flying snake like walked up to you and said hello. I someone else could have grabbed uh, Snake friend got a twenty three to see flying snakes. Your snake friend saw a flying snake. You didn't see it. He even tried to point it out. Like, he, he nudged you in the face and then tried to point to it. But picture a little snake just pointing with its tail. <laughs> just break everything. But you all, after after that, you all get, uh... <laughs> I had to share you too, that. of course. I hate him at least! Yeah, I had to share it with <laughs> You all get an evening of rest afterward. Yay. Um, yeah. Regain our hit points. Unless you had anything you were looking for, Brick. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just gonna make sure I have every, things for to make rooms, and that's pretty much yeah. about it. So you, you all get an evening's rest. Uh, and awaken the next morning as various 
sort of um, there's a term for the officers who are supposed to see the regimentation of the soldiers. Uh, the guy who the guy who yells at people. <laughs> this is these are the sergeants or um, um, the I don't know what the ranks are in. We'll say sergeants for right now. Yeah, uh, as a, as a as the, there was a specific term yeah. um, for the sort of the the military sort of disciplinary officer. Yeah, I um, and the rank is usually sergeant in like the yeah. American military, but um, but they sort of maneuver around the camps and start shouting for everyone to wake up and get up <laughs> and get ready to get moving. And um, so you're all awoken by that essentially. And so you all wake in the next morning, and the army begins to move. Snack friend's four feet long now. Yep. How much farther is he going to go? <laughs> five feet. Okay. Yep. So five feet more. So five like, feet total. Five feet total. <laughs> I, I I can pretty much tell that there's magically weird things going on with that. I'm guessing. Snake seems weird. <laughs> Okay. They don't grow that big that fast. Normally. Cool. You you know that small snakes can grow to be very, very large snakes, just not usually over the course of a couple of days. Mostly just one day, really. Yeah. But the, the army begins to move further north as you all proceed to start making your way towards the Stone Talon Mountains. And once again, each of you so over the course of the day, spot various individuals that you recognize. You see General Nasgrim moving in a a small party with uh, the war chief, with Garrosh, and um, a couple of other Corcoran throughout the throughout the day. Um, After about at about four in the evening, as the army is preparing to clear the halfway mark uh, towards Stone Talon, um, the red armored shape of Overlord Orbarok uh, begins to appear in your field of vision as he begins to approach your wagon. Overlord Orbrock, that was... That's the one who's directly in charge of your unit, among several others. Cool. I see him walking over. Yep. Stand at salute, basically. Right, riding over on a wolf. But... Solo then when he re- enters... Yep. Uh, Alright. So. From my understanding, from conversations with Warlord Bloodhilt. You lot have acquitted yourselves well as a scouting force and expeditionary unit. (laughs) That has been the majority of our tasks thus far. Good. I did say that with that shredder on hand you'd be hitting hard targets, but right now I think we need some outriders. We need to meet with Jevon Windtotem and see what sort of plan he's got for dealing with the rest of the Grimtotem. 
and I'm going to need you to accompany me and General Nazgrim as we move north. Understood. Okay. Sounds fun. The war chief will remain behind to head the armies, but General Nazgrim will be the primary coordinator of these offensives, and so we will need direct information. I'm presuming we'll be moving ahead as the scouting party immediately. When do we intend to have the rest of the army follow after? They'll be following behind, but you may have under you may understand from the previous few days that an army moves at a much slower pace than a small unit. Of course. We'll be taking wolves and raptors and we'll be heading and we'll be moving out and we'll be moving as an outriding force. Understood. We've got our swiftest Kodo pulled aside for you if you'd like it, Torin. Much appreciated. Yeah. Overlord. <coughs> over uh, <coughs> over, over an hour. <laughs> no, over. Like I can't say the name. Over, over something. Orbarock. Orbarock. Orb or rock? It's an orb of rock. Oh. That's a round rock. But shortly, shortly thereafter, wolves, kodos, and raptors are pulled aside for the for the lot of you. Do you want a wolf or a raptor, goblin? Uh, what's easier to hang on to? I think wolves are probably more. I mean, wolves have more of a coat. Yeah. They're also more on all fours. Yeah. Yeah, raptors are not yeah. on all fours. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot more bouncing motion on a raptor. Right. That said, there's also a lot more neck to hold on to. I think a wolf is a whole lot more. Um, It'd be easiest to ride a horse, but you see, we're in the horde. I know, I see that. We gotta be hipsters like that. I want to ride a kraken, but someone won't let me. (laughs) You're on land. I don't care. The The kraken kraken does. Minor technicalities. (laughs) Can I ride Cthulhu? Land kraken. (laughs) There are land sharks. We need land kraken. I don't think I can use it very well anyway. I mean, you don't have a great record with it. No. <clears throat> I don't. Except the one harpy you pseudo-accidentally killed. Yes. <laughs> so, General, General Nazgrim, as this is the first time you've really gotten a close look at him, um, is a very sort of relatively short for an orc. Um, he's probably about a head shorter than, like, Garrick or Overlord Orbarok. But he's a little bit broader than both of them. Like, all this is this man is almost a square. Um, and he wears this sort of... Where Orbarok's armor has the Corcron style, but instead of the brass trim on the edges is red. Nazgrim's armor has the Corcron style, but the black, that is the main body of the armor, is red, and the brass trim is just a standard steel coloration. And uh, he is a green-eyed orc, which is one of the various eye colors that orcs can have. Um... And his 
his head hair is pulled into a, a, a top knot that sort of pulls it back from the rest of his head. <laughs> and he's got these two massive, aggressive mutton chops on the, on the side of his face. Aggressive mutton chops. Yes. If you want to take a look, I have I have a picture here. If you would like to, if you would like to decide how aggressive these mutton chops are. Yeah, those are some pretty aggressive mutton chops. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure those mutton chops would be considered a sidearm at that point. Like there are these these angry, wild tufts of hair on the side of his face that don't just, like, sit on the side of his face. They spike outward. Um, and he's got this sort of grating, almost sandpaper-like voice that, when you apply the volume that an orc can give to it, is like a rock slide. Um, and he sort of all right, here's our outrider force. Good to see you. I'm General Nasgrim. Hi. Give a salute. Leaf Iron Mender. He looks over at the rest of you. Shanna Flame Carver. Brick Earth Whisper. Yeah. Hi, I'm Josh. Goblin. Yes. And this is Jangatal. He doesn't speak, does he? No. And snake friend. And that little snake doesn't talk either. I would suspect as much. <laughs> and the snake has now reached five feet long. <coughs> Yay! So I can pat it on the head. It's bigger than me now. I mean, it's longer than you are tall. Yeah. But it's not a constrictor, so it's not like one of those super muscular straight snakes. Yeah. But still. All right. Let's find out what our Torin informant has for us and get this show on the road, shall we? Sure Time to win some glory for the Horde. Okay. Let's move out! And he turns and starts to ride as the rest of you follow after. I'm just going to fall off this piece. <laughs> and you, you ride well into the night, long after it gets dark, just sort of keeping pace with the with the with the general as he definitely wants to cover as much ground as he possibly can before stopping to rest for the evening. And Makes so sense. It, it is probably well past midnight before he pulls uh, his wolf aside and comes to a stop in an area that has started to become a lot more rocky. You're definitely nearing the Stone Talon as the sort of like golden brown of the barrens and the general plains that they are starts to give way to more dark like red-brown clay which you're familiar with from Duratar but this is a much more rocky landscape so I'm familiar with or at least map wise familiar enough with this area or at least before the cataclysm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do we have any updated information on what may have happened since then? Uh, not yet. Mm-hmm. Not at the moment. Although, and as as Nazgrim pulls aside, he immediately steps across to uh, one of the few trees that are in this area 
and just with his axe in hand just starts hacking at it and bringing it down and he sort of maybe only like five or six strikes before the tree starts to fall um, which is impressive considering the girth of the tree but and it's just impressive flat out (laughs) um, and with the as the tree starts to fall he kind of guides it with the axe that is still embedded in the bark to bring it down facing towards Stone Talon. And he sort of guides it and lands it on the ground. And then with that set up, he sort of he sort of like with his eyes kind of looks from the bark from the tree and sort of sight sort of like sets his sight line. And then when he's when he's satisfied with whatever he's seen, he starts to take his axe and just with his with his fist just kind of carve chunks out of the out of the trunk without sacrificing the back half of it. And so he sort of carves out enough wood for a fire while keeping sort of a small like four, maybe five foot barrier that is mm-hmm. between what he would eventually set up to be the campfire and Stone Talon. Okay. And so he sort of creates this big arrow thing, essentially. Basically, it's sort of like this small, like cover. It's like a, it's, it's like a, like a small bulwark, basically, between the campfire and the camp and Stone Talon, as he sets up the campfire for the group. All right. Most of you sit with your backs to Stone Talon to shield the fire from prying eyes. Yes, sir. Yeah, he can shield it pretty well by himself. (laughs) Do we have any information on how the area may have changed after the cataclysm? We've got a couple of different reports. There's been some lava surges near some of the older veils that's destroyed a large amount of tree cover in the area. Uh, Stone Talon Peak has seen mysterious events that has drawn wildlife into unusual patterns. They've become more aggressive. They've started attacking anyone who gets near. Wildlife near the peak is dangerous at the moment. Other than that, Overlord Kromgar, who keeps the one horde outpost in the area, has been giving us reports of constant alliance activity in the area, which we'll have to keep an eye out for. I see. (laughs) What is our specific plan as far as where we will be scouting? Jevin Wintonum will meet us near the Charred Vale, as it's come to be called, in the wake of the volcanic eruptions. 
him along with a small force of Grim Totem that are loyal to the Horde will deliver a report based on what we have learned. We'll be traveling past Krongar Fortress, heading towards the peak. Based on what we learned there, we'll need to devise battle plans for the rest of the army and establish footholds and clear paths. We're the trailblazers. It's time for us to make sure the rest of the army will be able to make it through unhindered. I see. Any war is best won swiftly. And ensuring that our forces have ease of access and aren't having to fight over the terrain to get where they need to go will make sure this ends decisively. And ensuring, of course, they don't run into any unexpected trouble on the way there. Indeed. And I take it our informants will be the ones to ensure, or help ensure, that we don't go noticed. Jevin and his loyalists are going to do their best to mask our presence until the Grim Totem have no time to react. Hopefully, they'll never know that we were there, and by the time the army has arrived, it'll be too late. Sound plan. Okay. <clears throat> Hopefully, this ends with the head of the crone rolling on the floor, and the rest of the Grim Totem either falling in line or scattering. And hopefully as few casualties as possible. These forces are certainly needed elsewhere as well. The front in Ashenfell could certainly use reinforcements. So I've heard. Well, what do you know the situation the Horde is in right now? A war on many fronts. I've specifically heard of the elves in Ashenvale cutting off supplies and it being a very tense situation diplomatically, only made worse by the movements of the Alliance now and our moves to counter them. The Horde needs lumber. Not just for war machines, but for structures, for homes, for our civilians. For everything. The most vibrant and plentiful source of lumber are the ancient forests of Ashenvale. The trees there grow taller than some small mountains. There's wood there that could last for generations. But the elves refuse to let us take even a single tree without some form of reprisal. Every time we attempt to log, our forces are assailed by the sentinels, the guardians of the forest. Their forests are sacred to them. They won't let anyone trespass unfought, let alone take from their sacred trees. Not all of us have the druidic arts to grow our homes, unfortunately. Meanwhile, in the Eastern Kingdoms, the Forsaken are surrounded on all sides. 
The undead are not looked upon favorably by the living of the Alliance. They see old family. They see people long thought dead. They see monsters. We need a port to send reinforcements, to send soldiers. And so the Banshee Queen has taken the fight to the Gilneans in hopes of taking that city as a, as a staging ground for Horde forces. The Gilneans. What do I know about that? Uh, geography. Ooh, 20. Uh, Gilneas is an isolationist uh, nation. They were part of the alliance during the Second War, but seceded and just walled, literally walled themselves off from, from the rest of the world to avoid being anyone else's politics. The, the, the king is famously noted for saying that Gilneans should take care of Gilneans and the rest of the alliance should take care of themselves. Um, but Gilneas is also one of the largest sea-bound nations on the coast of the Eastern Kingdoms that is not one of the island nations like Kultiris. <laughs> so it is the single most viable port, especially because it is on the border of the Tirasfall Glades, which is where Lordaeron is, which is the capital of the Forsaken. <laughs> and he said that there were there was a front there, basically? Yeah, there was a war front there. So I take it negotiations with them broke down. Gilnaeans, being isolationist, would naturally refuse help from the Horde of all people and the Forsaken most of all. Especially because, from what I understand, part of the reason they built their Great Wall was to stave off the Scourge of Undeath. Also, so that they could stay just entirely on their own in, I would assume, a more symbolic manner as well. Well, that wall's come crashing down in recent years, especially with the earthquakes. So, now the war's just raging on. Dragging everyone into it. Every Forsaken gets thrown into the meat grinder, and they're not exactly a populous race to begin with. Hmm. Think about it, they don't reproduce. Their only method of gaining more members is to raise the dead, and not everybody can be can be brought back. Of course. And even the bodies that can be brought back aren't always brought back right. Not everyone has their mind. It's a miracle that so many are as alive as they are. Yeah. And then our third war front the blood elves the alliance wants elves back in the alliance there's a good portion of high elves that would rather stay there that have separated themselves from the blood elves of Quel'Thalas Lorthamar Theron the regent lord is a strong man interesting, eccentric, but strong but he's constantly under pressure, political, martial, otherwise, to bring his forces back into the Alliance. That's an interesting war front, fought less with arrows and more with words. Hmm. 
and then the front that everyone's fighting on, but not at the same time and not in the same way, is the obvious giant lava dragon flying around. Definitely, his, his forces. His cultists and the Twilight's Hammer have stepped up their game recently. They move quietly, and they've got infiltrators in, as far as I can tell, every major race on this planet. We've dealt with and heard of their dealings in our own scouting missions. But there's the state of the horde as you have it. <clears throat> fighting for resources, fighting for land, fighting for survival, fighting for what we do. But we fight the good fight. We fight for our people. We fight for those who can't. We fight to survive. For the Horde. For the Horde. Get some rest. We'll be moving in the morning. We'll be meeting up with Jevin. Understood. Okay. So you all get some sleep. Yep. Yep. With General Madgram's thoughts to mull over in your mind. And in the morning, you move out. It's about <clears throat> noon when you spot uh, large shapes in the distance. And a short time later, a uh, an eagle soars down and perches on General Nazgrim's shoulder and sort of whispers into his ear. Like a talking eagle type thing? Or is this more of like some sort of empathic magic link that they have? Can I tell, given my Do I animal knowledge last... You can roll this in if you want. Do I recognize this eagle? Uh, roll me knowledge local if you have it. And if you don't, just roll intelligence. What is today? Today is... That's a ten. Ten? You don't. Okay. Today's a tiger. Tigers aren't any better at listening. So, uh, <laughs> seventeen. Seventeen? Uh, it definitely says words in a language. Okay. So. Weird. Witchcraft. And so, after a while, it flies off of Nazgrim's shoulder and soars up to those shadowy figures that are sort of backed by the sun. All right. Weapons at the ready, everyone, but... <coughs> looks like our guides are here, he says. And a few moments later, a group of about eight Torin begin to descend from the hills. The unique thing about each of these Torin, all of them have a uniquely dark tone to their fur, whether it be sort of a like a, a rusty red-brown to like pitch black to sort of a mottled gray. They all have this sort of like... They all have dour <laughs> expressions and even the, the 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 coloration of their fur sort of matches their outlook. One might say they look quite grim. Indeed. And a number of them sport war paint that is just blood crimson that across their face and across their arms. 
and one in particular steps up uh, with sort of black fur that transitions to a mottled gray near the front. Uh, he has a pair of long, wide horns that sort of reach out and then curve forward, um, and a notable scar on his le- on the left side of his lip, or where some of it seems to have been cut out, which sort of exposes the teeth underneath. And this sort of long braided beard on his chin with a pair of braids reaching down from his mane. And he wears this sort of male armor with sort of chain links that sort of connect to the pauldrons and everything sort of... It's a sort of like male armor robe with sort of like these long flowing cloth bits around the waist that sort of hides the powerful tarring legs underneath this armor. Is the lip thing look like intentional or battle scarring? It definitely looks like battle scarring. Okay. Um, he has these sort of fur-lined male bracers with these small silver um, circular uh, ornaments on them with these sort of sky blue gems. And every so often you see electricity spark across that the sort of like the interior of that gem. Um, Can I? Is that purely magical? It's hard to say. <laughs> but he sort of approaches the group. Spellcraft, maybe? Or. Roll spellcraft. Twenty-four. It's definitely some kind of elemental infusion, whether it's naturally occurring in the jam or by magical enchantment. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> Greetings, he says as he approaches. You must be General Nazgrim and the Outriders. I am Jevon Windtotem. Some of you may know me already. Am I? Is that Jevon Grimtotem? Jevon Grimtotem. Am I familiar with that? At all? You just heard the story about him. Oh right. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My warriors call me Storm Song. I don't care what you call me. Yes, you do. <laughs> He looks down at you. I'm smiling, wait. He looks back up and down. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) Alright. Follow us. We'll take you to a good overlook where we can discuss plans. I follow along. He turns and starts to head up some of the hills. Everyone go ahead and roll me a spot or a listen check, whichever is better. Mm. Ah. Are you dropping things again? Yes, stop. Oh, oh. Wait, you see? Yes, I see your I see exactly where it went. I don't see it anyway. Well, yes, but I saw it. Oh, way over there, that's why. Mm. <clears throat> oh, well. Ooh, that was a good roll of fail. <laughs> what did you get? 24. No, wait. 
Sorry, no. 16. 32. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 16. 16? Yeah. 23 spot. 23? Mm. Wait, no, sorry. 33, not 32. That would have been last level. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm, uh, I got nine. And Snack Friend's pretty good, but he rolled a three, so he got a 12. Hmm. 15. So, Brick and Leaf, the two of you spot and hear around the same time that Jevin and Nazgrim uh, do. There, you, like the four of you, as you're walking, kind of tilt your head up and just kind of look in a direction. And Nazgrim and Jevin both in the same motion put a, put hands up for everyone to draw weapons as, the, as other soldiers begin to pull stuff out. As you, the two of you, see similarly toned, these sort of dark-furred tauren beginning to emerge from around trees and rocks with heavy spears and massive uh, totems, just these basically like a tree log that they ha- that they carry over their shoulder as a, as a massive bludgeoning weapon, and they begin to sort of emerge just around cover. Did and we walk up or ride up at this point? You've, you've been riding, but the terrain is getting difficult to continue riding, especially because you're trying to go up. Uh, and it's it's getting harder and harder to stay on the saddle at the same time. Um, and around this point, when you would have to either dismount or just move very slowly on the mount, um, is seems to be when, from around various rock outcroppings and behind trees that are sticking to the side of the mountain's face, uh, emerge a couple dozen of these grim totems. Are they surrounding us, or are they coming on from mostly one side? Uh, it's sort of like a semicircular arc. Okay. And the terrain is kind of rough and rocky, you said? Yeah. Hmm. And we just see them as they start to come out, but we got a little bit of an advantage on that. Yeah, you two aren't surprised, as they take their surprise rounds, but the two of you get to act. Okay. So everybody roll initiative. <laughs> kind of roll initiative. But the two only of them are acting this round. Uh, does Snack Friend just go on my initiative, or does he get a second? He'll go on your initiative. Nice! Good. Alright, 25 to 20. 26. 26? Damn. Mm-hmm. Roll the 20. Oh, 23. Do you have the improved initiative feat? Oh, okay. Let's say. <laughs> you have what? 23. 23? They thought they had to jump on us, but turns out... Turns out it was Brick who has to jump on them. <laughs> and when a Brick gets to jump on you... That would be painful. Alright. 20, 20 to 15. 16! 16. 16. I'm 18. Not dead last. 18. Yeah. Wow, everyone rolled 16. over 15 this week. 
I mean, I get a plus five to my You use faster. You go, uh, me faster? Yeah. Me faster. Wait, what? Oh, you got a 16 too? Yeah. Yeah, you're... I have a minus one to my initiative. Oh. <laughs> so anyway. Alright, so... Jang, 16 will be... Uh, Josh, and then Leaf. 14 will be... Bad Horse. Enemy. What? Our enemy is Bad Horse, right? That's why we sing the song earlier. Yeah, totally. <laughs> really? 19 will be... Nazgrim. <laughs> 10 will be Jevon. Alright, so Brick. You catch the Grim Totem as they're emerging, weapons drawn. What do you do? I'm going to activate uh, Magic Striking, which gives me plus two now at at level six. And, uh... Mark of the the Tiger to increase my uh, hit die by one for for my fist. Alright. You slam your fists together and these runes begin to light up across (coughs) your shoulders and arms as you're as your three-fingered hands extend into claws and a magic sheen begins to ripple around the outside of your fists. That's going to be your turn. Uh, The next person in line who can actually go is Josh. Wait, he didn't get the... I'm sorry, not Josh. Leaf. 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 Okay. As as Nazarim also will be ahead of you, but he will basically drawing his great axe and calling for everyone else. He will actually issue a battle shout, which will give everyone a plus two bonus to their attack and damage rolls for the next... Attack and damage, or just damage? Attack and damage. Uh, battle shout might just be damage. Base, ba- the base battle shout is just damage. Yeah, it'll be plus of your damage rolls. I take it nobody here has ranged weapons, or at least uses them too much. You do. Three um, shot aura isn't worth it, so... Devotion aura. Uh, plus one AC to everyone within 20 feet of me. Okay. 20 feet. That, that seems good. Plus what? Uh, plus one AC. Deflection bonus. Okay. Which will not stack with the ring. That just means you can leave the aura, so better flank it. Alright. Uh, then that brings us to... The enemy, who will be Come at me, bro. closing. Um, they they get engaged with a number of individuals, including those of you at the front, which would be the troll and Torn. So flat-footed AC. You will each. You will have flat-footed AC. If someone texts me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Before more texts come and that and that sound starts playing more often. <laughs> Before the Banshee Queen continues to shout for the horde. <laughs> which I recognize because oh my goodness that ad plays on everything. Oh yeah. I don't play World of Warcraft. Why are they advertising to me so hard? Because they're advertising to everyone. You're playing World of Warcraft right now. Not the No, I'm playing the RPG. Fine. <laughs> it says World of Warcraft on it. Have your pony and eat it too. <laughs> no! That would be horrible. Right. And so you're going to be two attacks on each of you guys. 
time for that constitution-based armor class to come into play. Um, it's going to be 26 to hit you. Yeah. The ocean ain't going to help with that. <clears throat> and a 21 to hit you. Oh, man, if I wasn't flat-footed, but I'm flat-footed. I need D8s. Seems to be the, the hardest die to find in this stupid bag. <laughs> there is because they're in his actual. Uh, so that will be 11 points of bludgeoning damage as you're smacked with a totem. Ow. And 15 points of bludgeoning damage as you're smacked with a totem. Mm, the pain. And then coming at Brick. That's a... You're not flat-footed, so your full armor class applies here. Um, Plus one. That will be a 16 to hit you. Mm, that does it. All right. With the plus one? Mm-hmm. Yep. It would have been one less. <laughs> we need to get you some better armor. Yeah, because I, I don't have armor. We need to get you some armor. That would be better <laughs> armor. Uh, that'll be 13 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And then a... 15 to hit. That does not hit. Alright, so the second one, as one as two Torrin each come up with these massive totems, which are basically like carved out tree trunks, and slam into each of you. Uh, you get hit twice with a pair of the with a pair of these. You take one, but bring your arm up and brace against the second one and stop it before it can make a meaningful impact against you. Uh, which will bring us to Jevin, uh, who, as he sees a number of them hanging back, will just kind of bring his hands up, and this sort of electrical energy begins to swirl around his his hands and arms as a wall of wind just kind of erupts on the outer edges of the battlefield, sort of separating off the, the those who had closed from those who had remained further back. Which brings us back to the top, brick. No. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hit the one that hit me. All right. Yeah, I think that hits. Uh, that is a uh, twenty-six. Yes, that hits. All your damage. We plus. Wait, no. Two for my thing, two for the the shout, and then two for so plus six. Oh, well, that's a seven. <laughs> Roll a one. Yep. Oh. oh. Alright, seven damage. And uh, I believe you have a second attack. No, no he's got medium not, bad. Yeah, yeah, medium bad. Not yet. Unless he's got that uh, that water star. Whatever one that lets you make multiple attacks. Uh, rune of crashing waves. Not yet. That but, uh, one. I could, I could activate another another rune. Uh, what is it? Oh. Rune of pounding syrup or something like that. There's a couple of them. Well, there's there's the one that gives it to you, and then there's the other one that makes you let, lets you do it without penalty. Yeah. That one that makes you have to be like much higher level for that one. 
How about uh, Mar uh, Mark of the Beast to, incre to increase my uh, agility? All right. So your agility goes up. Your armor class goes up. Yep. Correspondingly. All right. Uh, and that'll bring us to Shiana. I really wish I had battle music that wasn't like copyrighted that I could be playing. <laughs> um. Stab stab. Stabby stab. Flank flank. Which? Flank flank. Um. Okay. Question. I had asked John last week and I can't remember. Okay. I have power attack now. How does that work? You can subtract up to that amount from your to hit, and it adds that much to your damage. Twice that much. Yeah. It, John said it was twice that much. Only if it's two-handed weapon. Ah, okay. You only have one hand. <laughs> Dang! Okay. I mean, unless the DM rules that because you're using all of your available hands on the weapon, it counts as... No. But, uh, <laughs> this that would be a pretty this crummy is, ruling if somebody wanted to play a Naga. This is, this is, this is the penalty <laughs> that one takes for having one on. <clears throat> Actually, are Orcish Claws of Attack, aren't they light weapons? I don't think you're allowed to use power attack. Now you are. It, it doesn't say specifically that you aren't okay. allowed to use no, it. I, I looked it up before I took it. As you're going to look it up again because you don't believe me. No, how about it? I'm looking up the wording. It's, hey, uh -huh. I believe you. I'm on your side here. It's, it's, Thank it's, you. It's, it's any, any weapon. We appear to be allies tonight. I know, it's weird. I know, it doesn't <laughs> usually happen. Um, let's see, I'm subtracting that. And yet you still threw something at me tonight, so you know. Wait, no, never mind. That was a dab. So. Okay, so yeah. that's that's a twenty-three to hit. Or and sorry, twenty-four to hit. Yeah, twenty-four. Yes. Okay. So then that is nah. Thanks. What's the flanking bonus? Or? Plus three to hit if you're flanking with me, plus two to hit if you're flanking with anybody else. Okay. Okay, so it's just a hit. Seven. Plus four, that's 11. 11? Yes. Alright. Uh, was that to hit or damage? No, that's damage. That's damage, sorry. okay. Okay. Alright. And is that your turn or are you doing anything else? Uh, that's that's my turn right now. Alright. Uh, which brings it to General Nasgrim, uh, who is going to He's going to engage one of them that's that's occupied with the rest of the soldiers, but what he will offer the rest of you uh, as his battle shout maintains for until the end of your next round. Uh, he will also he kind of looks at the enemy and just come on I know you can do better than that and he's going to issue a demoralizing shout to the enemies Yay. which will reduce their damage one. to you yeah And then he's going to go off and get into his own fight. Uh, <coughs> Jang at all. Okay. Um, well, there's a dude in front of me. So let's uh, slice him up. So step one, 
knife them. Does a 25 hit? Uh, yes. Good. Good. All according to plan. What? Four. All according, uh, all according to plan. For nine damage. Nine damage? Yep. Is that one that Shiano was hitting? I'm guessing if we're both on this person. Yep. How's that person doing looking? Uh, in pain. Second attack. That is a... 22? Yes. Yes. That is six more damage. That one's dead. And I will bite the other guy. <laughs> Use those tusks. That is an 19 to hit. Yes. Cool. For 10 damage. Okay. All right. And yeah. Snake Friend. Snake. Gonna also bite. Eighteen to hit. Uh, yes. Cool. Roll fort save. <laughs> is it a poisoning snake? Yes. It is a poisoning snake. Yeah. Fort saves for torn are decent though, generally. Yeah, generally. Uh, it's gonna be a nineteen. Yeah, he makes his fort save. He still takes the one damage. No, oh, oh no! Uh, he's inspired by the shout. Takes, takes three, three damage. damage. Yeah. Yeah. The snake is so inspired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just got double bit. Yeah, by a pair by a troll and a snake and his snake friend. Yes. You can just see the determination in his eyes. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, Josh. That group that was hanging back that was hit by the magic, what what what, what effect was that on? Uh, so you see, they... you see that a number of them had drawn bows, Yeah. Um, but there are two of them in a robe that are just continuing to march forward. Um, there's a wall of wind between you guys and those who are on the outside, which you can only assume would stop the arrows from getting through. Okay, so it's enough wind. So do I know enough about magic to... I mean, could, could I throw a, a flea bomb in there, or would that be more of a? I mean, it, is it, it's a wall. I can't get. I shouldn't be able to throw it. It would throw it way wide. Yeah, it would, it would. It would be. Yeah. Okay. So the anything cannon is loaded with a uh, the uh, bear trap chain. I'm gonna hit one of the critters that's on uh, brick. All right. Yeah. Go for it. Roll a touch attack. Eight to twenty-three. Yes. Okay, so whatever that does, uh, I didn't, we didn't it was a, it was a D, it was a D six damage from the bite. Right. Okay. And then and then plus one. So f- eight. No, yeah. Okay. So I lost three. Two. Yeah. Plus the, so, it's so five damage. Five damage. Five and damage. their agility is reduced by two while it is wrapped around them. Okay. <clears throat> And they are considered flat-footed at the moment because it is restraining them. 
Okay. Someone's about to have a bad day. He's not. He's not. He's about to be real in a bad spot. <laughs> Okay. So. Is it Leaf's turn? Uh, yes, it's Leaf's turn. So it's the four melee totem dudes. One of them's chained up right now. One's One dead. of them got attacked by Troll. One's oh, dead. He killed him. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, three of them. And you're both looking pretty healthy right now, right? Oh, yeah. I look good. I'm okay. Cool. I'm fine. There, well, there, are, there are two more melee tauren that have halberds that have not closed yet. And how far are those robed folks? Uh, they're just on the other side of the wall of wind. They will be here next round. <clears throat> okay. And how far are the halberd folks? Uh, they're probably about 15 feet, maybe 20. All right. Uh, hmm. So since we don't really seem to have too big of a problem with surviving right now... I think being able to take these guys out pretty quick would be best. So, Troll now has bold strength. Okay. Okay. Two more damage. I can do that. So, the uh, the two road figures pass harmlessly through the wall of wind because it's only designed to stop projectiles. attacks. Yeah, right. Um, and they proceed to raise... Each of them raises one hand to the sky with a dagger in their other hand, and they just slash across the palm of their left hand and just kind of grip tight with this bundle of small... This is small pack of dirt that they've got in their left hand as well. That's going to get infected. And there's this slow-building roar that begins to... Uh, uh, spread across the Grim Totem as they seem almost to grow in size and strength as muscles begin to swell and flesh, almost a red hue, begins to emerge underneath the fur as their as their bodies are heating up. Spellcraft? Sure. Fourteen? Mm. It's a it's a shaman spell, uh, known as bloodlust. Okay, nice. Oh, yeah. Also known as this game's haste. Cool. So they attack more often. All right. They attack more often. Get a bonus on attack rolls and dodge and dodge bonus. Yeah. To AC and reflex save, and their strength is higher. Cool. Yep. Okay. And so the uh, after they both cast that on all of these warriors, the two with the spears close in, which means we got two attacks on you and three on you, which have now gained an extra bonus. But I'm not flat-footed anymore. Huzzah! No, you're not. We'll see how much that helps. Uh, that will be 23 to hit. Well, darn. Which will deal 
16 points of slashing damage from the halberd. Yeah. Now, did he have to move, or did he... Did he he, he's, he's using the reach of the halberd. Ah, cool. And he has to make an extra attack, because he's hasted. Uh, which will be a... 20 to hit. Haha, misses. Ah, actually missed you. Shield comes up at the last second, and that's it aside. And then Torn with his totem, now that he's got two attacks on you because he's bloodlusted. Yes, yes. Uh, that'll be 17, which will miss you. And like 20 some odd, it's probably going to hit you. Uh, 27. Yeah. That one will be 18 points of bludgeoning damage. Alright. And then meanwhile, there's actually six attacks coming at Brick. I don't think Brick's going to be standing at the end of this round. Ah, it's a natural 20. Mm. I don't think Brick's going to be standing for very long at all. I'm fully prepared to start fixing that. Uh, that'll be 20 points of slashing damage from the halberd. Yikes. I'd like to point out these halberds. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the 8, however, just makes that a 17 to hit you. Uh, that, that matches the AC, so okay. this is that one. So, wait, does that, is, is that, is that your armor class? Yep. If it meets your armor class, it'll hit you. Okay, then it hits. Uh, which will be a mere 16 points of slashing damage. I'm down. Commodore takes Can them. I tell if... The, are they starting to move around to do some kind of a coup de gras right now? Um... That the Halberd has used, used his... He had both of his attacks. Both of his attacks. So the, the totem people. Uh, one of the totem people is about to attempt to finish off Brick. The other one will be... All right, I'm going to uh, Flash of Light uh, pull him back up. Okay. You have three hit points. Three hit points? Three hit points. <laughs> that are probably going to disappear very quickly. Yeah. Probably, but... Uh, yeah, he's going to hit you again, so... You go back unconscious. Ow. And then he's going to try and hit you while you're on the ground. But it's, he does. But it's not a coup de gras because he didn't get his full round. Yeah. And he, you, you, you fail two death saving throws, basically, because he hit you within five feet while you're unconscious. Okay. So you have until it comes back until around. Until Leaf walks die. over and pokes you. Yeah. Basically. Actually, probably not quite that long because once the next round starts, I'll get an immediate action again. I can pick you up, too. Actually, he has to make a death saving throw between now and your turn coming back. Oh, cool. Um, Don't fail it. I'll try not to. <laughs> and then the other one's going for you. <laughs> okay. I actually kind of have hit points. I'm okay. Because with Brick down, there's no one to get in the way. That's a 19 on the die. That will hit you. Yes. Thankfully, Halberds have a 20 only crit range. No, Halberds, the, the Halberds have a 19 20. This guy's using a totem, though. Oh, okay. Uh, that will be 18 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. Bloodlust is a dangerous spell, by the way. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, and a 17 to hit you. Uh, yes, that hits. Okay. 
and 14 points of lightning damage. 14 points of bludgeoning damage? Mm-hmm. Ow! <laughs> I, 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 I ain't feeling so good right now. <laughs> and it's Jevin's turn. <laughs> you are the only ones who can do that. And he will take his dagger and slash it across his hand and cast Bloodlust on the group of you. Woo! What that does for you. You get an extra attack at our highest bab. You get an extra attack at your highest bab. You get a plus one bonus on attack rolls and a plus one dodge bonus to your AC and reflex saves. Woo! Plus one dodge bonus, I'll take it. And your movement speed increases by 30 feet. Increases by 30? Yep. So, okay. Okay. And you gain a plus two bonus to strength. Is it an enhancement bonus? Plus two. It, it, it is an enhancement bonus, yes. Okay. You get a plus two enhancement bonus. So it's not going to track. Oh, well. It's fine. Hmm. And that is Jevin's turn. Brick, roll me a d20. You're looking for a 10 or higher. That's a three. And in this moment, this ambush attack by these grim totems, the last of Brick's life essence breathes out. Oh no. We've had our first fatality. No. Why couldn't it have been the goblin? As Brick breathes his last on the ground of Stone Talon, so close to his home of Mulgore, but not quite. No. We move on to the next step of the fight. <laughs> Shiana. No. No. <laughs> um, who killed him? Um, the one of the totem. One of the one of the totem wielding Torin. One of the. Um... I'm gonna kill the totem wielding Torin. Did he move over, or no? He's still. He's still. He's still right next to Brick's corpse now. Can I? Can I backstab him? Uh, there's no one adjacent to him, so you can't rage though. What does raging do for me again? It ups your strength and your, and your stamina. Okay, I'm gonna rage. And the dude that you were next to is now dead, so you don't have to worry about him. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to remember all the bonuses we have right now. <laughs> to hit? Yeah. It should be. Well, what well, is I your? What's going on? Getting, I have plus seven. Uh, it should. Well, first of all, your hit should be a static plus eight, not plus seven. Oh. But you're raging, so you get plus two to that. Okay. And you get plus one because you are. Plus two does, more, so you've got a t- plus twelve to hit. Does um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like thirty right now. Does yeah, that, that hit? Is, okay. That hits. <laughs> All right. Thank you. What did, you. what did you roll? On the die. Yeah. I rolled a seventeen. Okay, you were so close to the critical threat range on those claws. And I you, know. Um, you get your damage plus an additional six. Um. Oh, plus six. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, 1d6 plus 8. 6 plus 8. Okay, so that's 3. So that's, that's 11. But I get another attack, right? Uh, yep, and he's dead. 
Oh. You do get a second attack, though, if you want to hit the, the halberdier. Before I do that, I spit on the guy's body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Is that still plus the same mm-hmm. as it was before? Okay. Then that is 27 to hit. 27? Yeah. Alright. Uh, yes. And then am I, am I still doing... Plus 8. Plus yep. 8? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's 11 again. Alright. Alright. Uh, which brings it to Nazgrim who's bloodlusted is going to continue his fight, which is going on. Um, Jang at all. Let's shank a dude repeatedly. Twenty-something. Yes. Cool. Twenty-something. Oh, and I'm striking. Doing my, my, my hunter's thing. And that's an amount of damage. Oh, this is the totem god, because I can reach him easily. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I like how Rudy's over there, just coming up with a new right. character. That is if I want to bring you guys next week. <laughs> I mean, they can also they can also make the attempt to resurrect Brick. Eighteen damage. Well, just just to make sure. Yeah, just in case. Just in case. I'll, I'll work with you when you're when we're done. Uh, performed a savage strike for eighteen damage on this guy. Ow! Was this guy already injured? Uh, you hit this guy last round, I think. Yes, but we both bit him last round. Yes, you. It was three. Yeah. With the three damage from the snake, he's dead. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> snake is snake, uh, friend. snake friend has his first kill. Five foot shift. Human oh, kill. So that I can do the rest of my attacks, and while we're here, Snake friend will make a bite at Halbertman. Snake friend is also technically bloodlusted. Yes, I'm aware. Um, and doesn't does a nineteen confirm Snake friend's crit? Yes. <laughs> All right. Roll a roll a, roll roll a fort save, Halberdman. This is gonna be hilarious. It's an eleven. Sweet, sweet. Okay, snack friend's mad. By the way, um, so does does, does the stat damage get multiplied on a crit? No. Okay. No, right, because he, he, he has to fail the save to get to get stat damage, not not be hit. Yeah. Yes. So he takes fourteen damage. Ow! Because the snake is bloodlusted and battle shouted and just generally angry, <laughs> and he loses six points of stamina. Ow! So three times his HD and health. He actually loses enough hit points to just die. <laughs> um, he got one shot by a medium-sized snake bite. And then... Under extreme conditions. I want to do something for my next attack, and they I need don't to know if I'm allowed to... conditions <laughs> on Sell me. So. So. There's one last dude. There is. He's over by, by Leaf. The Halberdier. Yeah. Oh no, the other tor- the other totem the other totem guy. Okay. And I can't make the rest of my attacks if I move over there. Okay. Throw the javelin. If I were to throw the snake. pull the javelin out, and a snake were to wind itself around the javelin, 
Can I make my javelin attack and then the snake make its bite attack? Please say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Rule of cool, man. You'll be be suffering a minus two on the attack roll because it's weighted down by a snake. But yes. Huzzah! (laughs) You still have to hit with the spear first. That's 100% acceptable. I accept your terms and conditions. Hmm. Their armor class isn't high. Alright. It is not high, and I'm bloodlusted, and... Do you have a plus four strength? <laughs> With the minus two, 17. That hits. Bourgeoisie. So. <clears throat> the javelin... They have a decent number of hit points, but their armor class is only like... 13, yeah. So the javelin deals nine damage. Okay. <laughs> Snack friend attacks. Natural 20. Alright, you don't need to confirm that one, remember. Oh, right, because he doesn't do. Okay. Snack friend is super angry. <laughs> By the way, uh, roll fort safe. I'm curious. Snack friend is super angry. It's a 13. So this is now Snack Friend the Torrent Avenger? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Snack Friend the Torrent Avenger. Only five stamina damage this time. But how much fight damage? Another 14. How much health did you just lose, my friend? <laughs> it went to a negative stamina. To a negative one stamina modifier. Um, <gasps> so he's down. Oh, modifier. No, modifier, yeah, not modifier. stamina. Okay. It's more than five stamina. <coughs> well, three, actually, what that would need to be, but you know. Okay. Uh, he's dead. <laughs> with, your, with your bite plus the snake's bite. Or with your spear plus the snake's bite, rather. Cool. Because that was, yeah, that would have been 23, and he would have lost more than two hit points from the stamina damage. So, he did. There are two halberdiers and two spellcasters left for you to worry about. Where are the halberdiers? Are they over by the spellcasters? No, they're the ones that were just... <clears throat> the ones that attacked you from range. That attacked you from reach. I round. just killed... There's, there's the other one. one. There's, there's the other one that's the over, there. over there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's one halberdier and two spellcasters. Uh, cool. Which brings it to Josh. Okay, so with the bloodlust, can I... Reload and fire. I will say yes in the particular circumstance of your gun. Okay. Uh, I was going to drop a tangle bag in it and try to hit one of the um, made uh, one of the shaman. The shaman. Does like an arcane spell okay, failure change or something? Uh, Twenty. Five, Twenty-five. Yep. We fire it out, and the <laughs> one of the shamans is caught in this sort of like sticky bag of netting and glue. Which is going to hinder him pretty heavily. Okay. Fortunately, he's a divine caster, so arcane spellfire chance doesn't matter. Yeah. But what? Yeah. being restrained, it does. I think it causes a. No. He's quite move much. Okay. I think it makes immediate a, a concentration check or something, but something like that. Uh, anything yeah. else you're looking for? Um. Uh, 
don't know. <clears throat> I guess, uh, I just have a movement, uh, right? Yep. I'm not gonna do, no. No, I'm just gonna hang from where I am at this point for... That's it. Alright. Uh, Leaf. You have a dead friend on the ground. Step one, I'd prefer me to be at more than two hit points. Okay. <laughs> I would prefer to be at much more than two hit points. Yeah, Grim Totem, don't mess around. You're learning this now. Yeah. These were the guys you wanted to warn you were coming. Nah, not anymore. <laughs> okay, I'm now at 12 hit points. It's an improvement. There's nobody on you right now, though. But, yes, but there are spellcasters. Um, there's a the Jevons uh, Jevons Jevons warriors are handling a small group of them, and Nazgrim is handling a larger group of them. Okay. Um, but still in the battle fighting you, uh, there's the one halberdier and the two spellcasters. Okay. And I'm going to move over to the Torin and basically confirm that he is dead, essentially. Yeah. Seeing if there's anything at all I can do. He not breathing. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a bummer. Hey, uh, can you cobble goblin jumper cables by any chance? What's the T? What's the DS on that? It costs Three. more than uh, everything I, you no, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't. It costs uh, more can than you everything can, you Can own. you combine your no, healing me. magic and his ingenuity and cobble some ultra jank? Might I, be the better I, I don't have anywhere near enough materials to, to make one. That's also, the tech score on Goblin Jumper Cables is way. 16. Yeah, yeah. Well, but the question is, if you use some <clears throat> some of his magic, because he can he can do that, maybe you can make like a one-shot things that have like a double fail, double the failure rating? That would be basically cobbled Goblin Jumper Cables. Like, That's even basically if, what that is. Even yeah. if we got a very generous ruling and said that the Jumper Cables would be one-tenth their normal cost because of magic... We still wouldn't have the material to cover it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just don't have. We just don't have enough. Go all darn. Yeah. It turns out resurrection is like expensive. Expensive, man. Yeah. That said, you're on the border of Stone Talon. <clears throat> yes, we are. And the light on the hill. We have to steal. Yeah, on the border of Stone Which Talon. Which is on the border of Stone Talon. Yeah. We'll have to, we have to have to move within ten minutes. So. If I can do it with the remainder of the move action I have, I'll see if I can... I'll see if with the remainder of the move action I can start trying to patch up some of it to avoid blood loss. Basically, Basically the same kinds of thing you would do to a severed limb, short of, you know, the whole ice deal. I mean, the blood loss has already kind of been a problem. Yeah, it's already yeah, considered. considered. Yeah, but, but, you know... But you yeah, you, pick you, you do what them. you can to start <laughs> staunching wounds. Like I said, it's kind of the same thing that you do for a severed limb. Yep. And if I had a giant ice bath, I would indeed resort to that, but... Be a big ice bath. <laughs> All right. And stay cool doesn't quite do that much. So the enemies are going... Um, the healer has presented himself nicely to the halberdier. <clears throat> who rolls a 15 to hit? 15 to hit with all the bonuses does hit. Really? Shoot. What's your class at? Low. 
You forget, I have a nine dexterity. <laughs> right. And I don't have much armor either. <laughs> what is your armor class? My armor class 12. is a twelve. So even with the haste, you're at like fourteen, aren't you? With with my last. The haste and the plus one AC from reflection. Yeah, you're you're at literally fourteen. Okay. Well, unfortunately, the halberd does not hit as hard as the totem. It's just yeah. got to reach. I did heal myself. That said, he keeps rolling much higher on the halberd strikes than they do on the totem strikes. Yeah, I haven't noticed a difference in these numbers, really. It's a 16 points of slashing damage. That's a 16, and I healed myself back up to 12. <laughs> and he's down. Yeah. On the ground. And that means the spell ends, too. And he misses you with the second attack with a natural one. Huzzah. So that means the spell goes down, too, and everyone loses that one XC bonus. Okay. That happens. Uh, the spellcaster. Also, the bull's strength. So you're back down to a plus two strength instead of plus four. Uh, the spellcasters turn and start leaving. Spellcaster. Yeah, the two the two spellcasters sort of turn around and seeing the, seeing 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 the injuries seeing the injury being done, they start turn and start leaving. Yeah, one of them is moving at half speed because they were caught in a tangle foot bag. <clears throat> All right. Uh, brings it back to Jevin. Um, who will walk over and lay a hand on you and cast a cure spell. Woo! Regain 15 hit points. I'll take it. Uh, which then brings it to... Brick is dead. Uh, <laughs> which brings it to Shiana. There's a halberdier you can shank, shank, shank. And we can, we can flank him, I think. Okay. I mean, I was going to go to the spellcasters. Oh, you can go to the spellcasters, too. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried too much about this Your movement speed is currently 60 feet. What? Yeah, you can, get, you can go for the spellcasters. You can just bolt okay. for the spellcaster if then, you want. Yeah, then I'm going to go for the spellcasters. One of them is not. And actually, if you go for the ones in the Tanglefoot bag, I believe he's considered flat-footed, so you can backstab him. Ooh, I want to go for him. I don't know what that was. Just roll again. They're okay. still all ragey. Uh, you want to roll to confirm that? Yes! Wait, yes! Roll? Yeah. 18, I, I, well, I rolled an roll 18, yeah, which is it. in my crit range. What, what was that? It was a 7. Okay. Once you have a plus it's 11, 12, 12, 12, 19. Flat-footed. I'm 90% certain that hits, but let me just confirm. Please? Yeah, his flat-footed AC is 13. Yay! So D6 plus 8 times 2 plus your sneak attack. Wait, hold on. Wait, <laughs> yes. aren't I backstabbing him? Yeah, you're yeah. So that's 3D6. Well, you roll your 1D6 and multiply that by 2, and then you add your sneak attack, which is an additional 3D6. Okay. Okay. The sneak yeah. attack doesn't get affected by the crit. Okay. Roll D6, multiply it by 2. Roll D6, add 8, and multiply it by 2. And add 8. Oh, yes. add yes. 8 and, and eight multiply. multiply. Okay, yeah. hold on. Math. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do your first D6. Okay, that's 26. And then roll two more D6. Plus six. And five. Uh, you should have three D6 so, sneak attack by now. Uh, roll a third one then. Oh, uh. So okay. plus 11. 11 and another six. So seven. 43. 43. So that. <laughs> he only had 36 hit points. But I have another attack. As you drive this claw of attack into 
the into the spine of the retreating shaman. There's another shaman. Can I get to the other one? Uh, I'll say with your hasted movement speed, yes. I doubt that hits, though. That's 16. I that hits. Four. Oh, it does? Awesome. I don't think you're sneak attacking this one, though. No, you're not sneak attacking. No, right no, but... I'm pretty sure screaming at someone followed by placing a knife into the retreating person's face is not sneaky. Wait, no. That's 11. 11? Yeah. All right. Now you provoked a talked opportunity for trying to walk away from you, though. So, that'll keep showing. All right. And so that brings it to Nazgrim, who is going to run after the spellcaster and throw his great axe. I don't think he's living through this. Not a natural 20 from the general. No. Uh, is it? Do you even need to roll? It's a times three crit, so I do. Yes. I meant damage. Um, he's got enough hit points to potentially survive this, depending on what I roll. So Just don't roll the minimum, is what you're saying? Don't roll super low. Twelve is the highest he can roll, so no, he's dead. As the, as, as the, the general just rushes over right next to you and just... Look, Taro God! Hurls the great axe and it just spins end over end and buries itself, like, to the staff in the spine of this retreating tauren who falls to the ground underneath the axe. <laughs> and right. this fight... There's one there's more. There's one guy left. May I? Jagatal. I have four attacks? Five attacks? Count your snake. snake friend? <laughs> <laughs> let's, get, let's do this properly, one at a time. Um... That's my highest one, though. So 19 hits? Yep. <clears throat> That's higher than a 19. Um, that one might actually miss. 14? Lower than 13. Nope, you hit. All right. And I bite him. That's higher than a 19. And Snack Friend gets one attack. Snack friend! <laughs> Snack friend is mad. Is that another natural 20? Yes. Roll a fort save, please. I don't think you can roll this for, like, your character. I don't think dead people can roll fort saves. That's a 10. Oh my goodness. How much damage? Five stamina damage. Okay. And then how much total damage from everything else? 14 damage from the, from the, the snack. Snake. And then... Yeah. Uh, okay. Attack one is nine plus. He's already dead. Six <laughs> plus. That doesn't mean I stop attacking. Eight <laughs> plus. The bite does minimum damage at five. He's suited. <laughs> As the troll you just keep biting, as the troll just piles on, like as the as the the tauren puts up his halberd to try and defend against the as the troll, as he just 
full body leaps onto the tauren with the dagger just stabbing into its back twice and then biting down with his teeth as he basically rides the tauren to the ground, stabbing and biting the entire way. I'm pretty sure that tauren is now ground beef. Essentially. And... <clears throat> there's a there's a few more moments of combat as the allied blood t- uh, uh, grim totem almost said blood totem as the allied grim totem drive back the other attackers or kill them <clears throat> mostly kill them um, and the uh, the battle slowly winds down as Nazgrim and Jevin collect themselves and look around at the bodies that have been laid before them. Jevin kind of looks around. In their haste to defeat their enemy, they likely did not send back warning, which means if we have killed all of them, then Magatha is still blind to our presence until she discovers her missing scouts. I'm going to use the stay fresh cantrip. It's supposed to prevent things from spoiling, and maybe that would hopefully keep the wounds. There's a spell to stop a body from decomposing called Gentle Repose. I do not have that one specifically, I don't think. I think stay fresh might be a little too weak. Yeah, it's worth a shot because it's what I have. <clears throat> Let me see. Don't just confirm that Gentle Repose is, is actually a spell in this system. Um, before, I, before I make that statement. I suggest if we can move him, go to the... Um, you know, you, you and I can... Pretend we're not horrid and just kind of go and tell them. No, I mean, I'm just. We have. You, you know, j- j- just go see if their shaman can bring this guy back. No, I know because a place. Because I know a place. Oh, it's, it's, I know a place. It? How close is it? How close is it? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I take it that would be the nearest thing that I would know about. Yeah, that'd be the nearest place that you would have any information. Roll me geography. Geography. So I'm going to pick up Brick and just put him over my shoulder and drag him along. <laughs> Natural 20. Um, you'd be about half a day on on Wolfback. I can do that. Half a day. So it could be two, how You'd be about nightfall by okay. the time you got there if you, if you put him on a, on a beast to carry him. Okay. Are we taking him to Miracle Max? <laughs> Miracle Max. <laughs> and is it how is it out of as far as being out of the way of where we're going? Uh, it's definitely not in the same direction. It'd be more we're north. Split I know apart. a place I can take him to have him resurrected. Hopefully, Nazgrim kind of steps over. He fought valiantly. It'd be a shame to lose that kind of prowess already. Take him to your healer if you know him. Me- Can't say I know him, but it's the only chance we have. I begin. Orberok getting says, ready to move uh, to the to the other orc. Don't follow me! Don't follow me! Follow them. Sorry. Bring them back to us. Meet us at Kromgar's fortress. Of course, General. And the other, the the Black Rock orc. Turns and looks at the group of you. All right, 
Let's get to this healer. I have two questions. Number one, did anybody stop me from eating any of the Torin? Probably not. I'm probably occupied. All totally you you ate that one on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I probably didn't stop. Does, does, does Don't anybody... eat brick. No, no, just the one. So, trust me, I would. No, no, he won't. Did anybody stop me from eating the one that I, I eviscerated? Probably not. Nope. Okay. No, I, I like we said, it. he's ground beef. Number and I'm kind two. of preoccupied. Yeah, we're, we're preoccupied with. Number two, does Torin actually taste like beef? Yes. Okay. Ooh. Steaks. <laughs> <laughs> I might even start. Alright, Alright. It, it's it it doesn't taste like like beef from like uh farm like, animals. Yeah. It's very more like oxen. Yeah, it's it's like very muscle. It's it's not like farm fed beef, it's it's wild ox. So wait, um Orberock is the one that's That's following you. <laughs> How many people does that leave with the original objective? Uh, that leaves Jevin. Nazgrim and the Grim Totem guys. How many of them were there? There were about eight, now there are about six. Is it advisable to have so few people with them? <laughs> they just fought and died with us. I trust these warriors at least. I mean, in the respect that if they should run into another ambush of this caliber. Jevin? The other Torrin. I suspect these were scouts looking for potential intruders, and when they saw them, they let their bloodlust get the better of them. If they are dead, it'll be until Magatha notices her missing scouts, until she's aware of her presence. By that time, we should be apps, Kralgar's fortress. Understood. Well, if you trust that you will be able to continue this journey safely, then I suppose I'll trust your judgment on that. Don't Come, worry. we should move out as soon as possible. I will begin riding off. Alright, let's get moving. Or Barack with the rest of you. And yeah, that's a... So you, the group of you, are riding for several hours. Um, night has fallen before you get to your destination. But when it... A few hours after nightfall... You find the night is broken after some amount of travel by faint light as you come to what looks incredibly out of place. Almost, it looks like a chapel built into the side of a mountain. Hmm. It's just this sort of simple, tall, <laughs> steepled roof with the symbol of the holy light on the front and these large doors of oak and cedar with 
the front end of what should be the front of a church that terminates into the side of the mountain. And you can see this stained glass window above the door that just has the depiction of the crest of Lordaeron, which is the white background with the blue L that symbolizes the kingdom. Except the blue has been turned to violet and the white has just been turned to uh, sort of a dull gold. So more neutral colors. More forsaken colors. Okay. I the, press on. At, le- at the very least, the violet is a forsaken color. Mm-hmm. Whereas the gold is more holy light. Interesting. I will press on. And so you you approach the doors. And they are shut when you reach them, and you can see these massive wooden doors that sort of tower over you with this sense of presence, this impetus, this importance that this place has. You don't know what or how or why, but this place has meaning. There is an essence to this place, even if it looks almost half-built. But... Like, is there anything specifically the, like, with the feeling of the holy light? Does that feel any different here, or...? It feels strong. Okay. There's... This area is suffused with the sort of positive energies of the light. Is there any kind of knocking mechanism? There are a pair of large silver door knockers. I will knock. A few moments later, the doors just slowly swing inward. And no one seems to have opened them, but from inside you feel this rush of cool air which is uh, sort of a a nice change from the very warm mountainside and as you as the doors open you hear almost in the back of your head this almost faint almost angelic chorus that sort of suffuses this place it's not a song there's no voice it's just this melody in the back of your mind that sort of permeates and exists contained within this structure. Is that something that I've experienced before? Not personally. Hmm. And as you enter, you see where the wooden structure of this chapel gives way to carved out stone as more has been carved into the mountain itself. And as you enter, the floor becomes, again, carved stone, worked with immaculate care, what seems to be over a long period of time. And as you look around, you see these sculptures and statuary that beautiful mark this temple to the holy light. 
and you see a lone figure at an altar across the way in long, flowing, pure white robes with these silver pauldrons on the that grace his shoulders with the small librams on the on the sides that just have scripture flowing across and small seals of holy writ as this figure's long black hair kind of flows down their back. I hear newcomers in the Church of the Holy Light. What would be his specific status? Like, what would be the name of his status Uh, as far as for referring to him? Because I assume, assuming this is Thaddeus, that would be your guess. If you had to take any kind of estimation, you would assume this is Thaddeus. Um, as far as titles go, it might be bishop or archbishop, um, or you might just call him father. That's just kind of a general catch-all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I presume someone would be carrying brick or... Uh, there's a Kodo outside that has the Okay. <clears throat> I think I'm the only one... Uh, oh, uh, actually, we'll assume that John's character's carrying him. Yeah. That would N- work. NPC coma character. I move forward. Um, Father Thaddeus, I would presume. That is I, he says, as he slowly turns around, and you see... Where this the black hair recedes, there is this sallow, sunken face, almost alabaster white, as the flesh has grown taut against the skull of this very clearly undead individual with his glowing golden eyes underneath these hooded brows of his skull as he turns to face you with these dry, cracked lips. I am Father Thaddeus. What do you seek? We wish a favor. I, comrade of ours, I motion over to where Brick's body is. One of your own has fallen. Yes. And you would wish him restored to this mortal realm. I would wish it. I... It is my failure to protect him, and I do not wish that to cut short a life that had so much potential. Such a task will not be an easy undertaking. No. Nor am I prepared to perform it at this time. It is within my power, but I will require... Pools, reagents, supplies, which you must gather. If you have the wherewithal, the bravery, the courage to retrieve these, it will not be easy. But if you can find them, then I will aid you. Gladly. <clears throat> At the top, of the highest peak, Stone Talon Peak, the highest mountain of this range, 
there is a darkness that has incurred upon this realm. The bleak nature of the void leaks through there. I have seen it. But there cannot be dark without light. And from the bleak heart of the void creature that has taken root there, we may find the tool of salvation. An ancient creature from millennia past has awoken within the top, within the peak of Stone Talon. Bring me its heart. And bring me the core of one of the elementals of Earth that wander the lower ranges of the peak. Along with incense taken from the charred ash and wax of the burnt trees to the south. With these three items combined, I may be able to restore your friend. If he is willing to return. If he is willing, then I would not... Then I could not deny him the opportunity to return. <clears throat> this place is open to you should you need rest. But know that every moment that you dally, the further his soul grows from this realm. Of course. <clears throat> I take it that beast at the top of the hill is not the uh, lava dragon. What would I... void? What would I know about that, possibly? Well, religion. That was not a good roll, but that was a nine. The only creatures of the void that you can think of are things that warlocks summon. Things like void walkers, which are sort of raw elementals made of the innate shadow stuff of this the void. It's the void is a mysterious force. Not a lot is known about it in general. Are they fell in nature? No. Fell is something else entirely. Fell is almost like a raw chaos. Whereas the light is the light and the void is the darkness. The troll got a grocery list. He's getting ready to go. Yeah. Troll doesn't need to rest. <laughs> <clears throat> so the incense, the incense, the void thing, and the core of one of the earth elementals. Okay. I sort of contemplate it for a moment. I do not believe that will be necessary. We... I sort of glance over to the rest of the group. I believe it would be best if we moved uh, onwards at once. Orvarok kind of looks at the group of you. This is your task. I'll leave you to it. I'll guard this area and make sure no threats emerge. I'll keep an eye out. Gladly. Uh, make sure that his body is well guarded. No one will lay a hand on it but this 
priests, he says, looking over at Thaddeus. What's his overall opinion on just kind of all of this sense motive? Arborock? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, 20. Uh, you get the sense that the light is not something he's super familiar with, and it's not something that he necessarily trusts 100%, but he definitely understands the drive to save a comrade. So he's, okay. he's been given an order by Nazgrim, and he's not about to disobey that. Okay, so he's not totally fond of the circumstances, but he totally sees and is down with the objective. I mean, gotcha. Let's move out then. Which of the objectives would be closest to you? Well, if we go to the void, the earth elementals are on the way. And then tallow from the wax and burnt char of the trees to the south. Mm -hmm. Presumably, I mean, you've seen seen some burnt and charred trees (coughs) nearby. I think taking a a little void critter first. Yeah, let's move up that direction first. This would probably be a little simpler. Then perhaps after we defeat him, then... Hmm... What is to the south other than how far would that be and what would be in the way of getting there? Uh, wildlife, most likely. Um, the charred veil is an area where there's been a lot of volcanic activity, apparently, according to Nazgrim. Uh, and it's due southwest. Okay. I mean, you can probably find appropriate trees closer than that, but probably still in that general vicinity. Alright. I... Let's move out then. Alright. I give my thanks, of course, to Thaddeus. The grace of the light be with you always. I move out. As you all depart the light on the hill, heading for the highest peak of Stone Talon Mountain, that is where we will end for the week. Woo. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.